Don't want you to stop in the middle of the sentence. That would be awkward. So finish your thought. As a member of the Connect Ministry, I don't know how I don't know if I could com- explain to you how uh, valuable that this the time that you guys were just in is. Um, I think it's awesome to get to know people and make connections, and so it's all right. Whew. So I'm tasked this morning with uh, preaching about love. And I was given the text of John three sixteen twenty one, which um, let me start off with this. Um, Dan mentioned that sin entered the world through Adam, and then Eve was deceived. Adam was there and didn't take on his leadership role. And so sin came into the world, and then Jesus, or God, says to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Everything from here forward in the Bible points to Jesus, and and so, and then, I was thinking to myself about another verse that popped into my head. What is man, this is Psalm 8, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. So basically, the focal point of the whole Bible is, is, is going is to come into focus today. So, no pressure. (laughs) So let me pray for myself and you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so, so much for loving us so. We don't deserve it. Put you off for it. And so, Lord, would you Open up hearts and eyes and ears to hear and see that you are good, that you love us, and that you're speaking eternity into our lives, Lord. We love you, in Jesus' name. Amen. It's pretty intense. A few weeks ago, uh, if you remember, how, how many of you remember Wayne's message? He was talking about, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not bringing up his text or anything like that, but you remember he was talking about the gifts? You guys remember that part? Well, I thought I'd start with a gift story. So I'm going to take you back to my junior high years. I was a huge G.I. Joe fan. Loved all things G.I. Joe. Watched the cartoons, played with the toys, and I, when you watch Saturday morning cartoons, G.I. Joe, the commercial comes on, 
and they're advertising this huge aircraft carrier. Jealous of you guys that fly off of those things. Okay, and I wanted that thing so bad, so bad. So I opened the gifts that my parents gave me, and it was like the Swift boat. It's pretty cool, but it's not the aircraft carrier. I got the figurines, cool. Now, we have family friends over, we gave their kids gifts, they gave us gifts. So, I see the box and I'm like, it's big, but it's not quite that big. So I open it, and folks, it was awesome, it was a helicopter. But I had my, my heart set on that aircraft carrier, and I voiced that. So when they left, my parents let me know in no uncertain terms how wrong that was. And, and so speaking of misunderstood love, okay, because these people loved me, and I misunderstood. I want to set up the scene here. So the text for today was going to be John 3:16 through 21. I feel like I need to kind of back it up a little bit. Okay, so we're going to start in verse 1. So if you want to follow along, you can turn to John chapter 3, verse 1. But anyways, I'll set up the scene. Jesus had just been to the temple. Okay, he had already performed some miracles, and he had done some things, so word is spreading. And then he shows up at the temple, and he sees that the temple's being abused, that they're selling, they're selling stuff for sacrifice. It's just basically turned into a mall. It wasn't the house of God. It wasn't being used in that manner. And so, kind of burned him up inside. In fact, it says that zeal consumed him. And so he starts to overturn tables. Now, who's in charge of all the activity that's going on in there are the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. They're in charge of all this. And so one of those members of the, of the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin is Nicodemus. Uh, this, in the story here, he shows up in the middle of the night. And uh, the reason why he shows up in the middle of the night, he's again, he's a member of the Pharisees. He's a teacher of the law and the prophets. And he's also a religious leader. He's also in the Sanhedrin, which is like the Supreme Court. Also kind of took care of it. At this time period, the Romans were there. And so they kind of kept Israel in line so that they wouldn't have trouble with the Romans. And so I would imagine that the reason why he shows up in the middle of the night is he kind of doesn't want to know that he's being associated with Jesus. But he'd seen enough of what Jesus was doing and what he had said that it piqued his interest. And he could tell and he knew that he had come from God. And so he had some questions to ask. I'll read the, I'll read the text first and then I'll comment. It says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? 
Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I'll stop there for now. See, the Pharisees also were kind of, the situation was is they were born into the right family. They had the right heritage. They did all the right things. And so, from their perspective, they had the inside track to God's kingdom. And now Jesus comes along and he overturns their work. And he's like, what more must I do? Okay, so this is why this meeting is taking place. And then, notice, Jesus answers a question that, he doesn't even, that Nicodemus doesn't even ask. He says, you've got to be born again. Obviously, we have the benefit, especially those of you that were around in the 60s, of, under, of hearing the term born again. and um, We've had the Bible, and so we've heard the term born again. And, and so we get that. We kind of understand, kind of, some of us, right? But Nicodemus has never heard this term before. What do you mean born again? Am I supposed to literally crawl back in? <laughs> That's kind of creepy, okay? So it's a, it's a foreign new concept. He doesn't understand what, what it is that Jesus is saying. So whatever it was that Nicodemus was asking or wanting to know from Jesus, Jesus tells him, you have to be born again. So Nicodemus doesn't understand what Jesus is telling him, that he needs to be spiritually reborn. Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The, blind, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is without, with everyone who is born of the spirit. Here's what I'm, here's, I'm going to tell you what my position is on this. I believe that Nicodemus didn't believe in Jesus. And the reason that Jesus, or Nicodemus didn't believe in Jesus was because he wasn't born again. I don't believe that he wasn't born again because he didn't believe. I believe he couldn't see and understand what Jesus was saying because he's saying here, the Spirit has to speak in your heart. You have to understand the Spirit, so you have to be spiritually born again to understand when the Spirit is speaking to you. Okay? And he brings up the Spirit and he talks about the wind. So that brings me back to about 2010. Jamie and I and Zach are living at, in Pine Valley. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Pine Valley. There's some ferocious winds there. Okay, so we're living in a house down here. Up here there's another house and there's a big giant 
uh, metal shed bolted to the ground. Wind comes along and literally rips this metal building off of its anchors and it lands in our yard. We hear this thunder, thunderous crash and we run out there and I'm thinking to myself, the wind, she is a blowing. <laughs> All right. You don't know where the wind's coming from. You can't see it, but you know when it's hit. And so for Nicodemus, if the Spirit of God is speaking to him, he will open his eyes and he will understand the spiritual things that Jesus is trying to tell him. So Nicodemus then says, how can these, these things be? Because remember, I'm from the right family. I've checked all the boxes. What are you talking about? I don't understand And so Jesus says, you've, you've taught, you're, you're the teacher of Israel. How do you not understand? How do you not know? Okay. And so the next thing that he says to him after this really is going to rub him the wrong way. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That word so, that's an emphasis there. It's really strong. He so loved us. So loved the whole world. Reason why it's going to rub Nicodemus the, right, the wrong way he thought it was supposed to be, it was only meant for Israel. And that him and his buddies in the Sanhedrin and, and all the Pharisees were going to be the VIPs. But now you're saying the world? Every nation, tribe, and tongue is who he, who Jesus sent him for, who God sent Jesus for. And he, he loves the world to the degree and with such an intensity that he gave his only son, his unique son. What makes Jesus unique is he's his eternal son. He was with him from before time, and he's there now. He's always been with God. He is God. That's what makes him unique. And it doesn't get any more unique than that. He gave, he gave his son. I, I, I have to say this, guys. I love you, but I wouldn't give up my son for a one of you. That's just me. Do you guys remember Abraham? If you want to turn to Genesis 22, it's up to you. But uh, his name is Abram at first. God changed his name to Abraham because God promised him he will be the father of many. The only problem is that not only is Abraham old, but his wife Sarah is old as well. So Abraham decides with Sarah that he will take and have a child by Hagar. But God didn't need Abraham's help, and Hagar's son Ishmael wasn't the promised son. And just as oh, then God caused Sarah at ninety to conceive a child by Abraham, and Isaac is born, the promised seed. And just as then one day God tells Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. 
So he's been waiting for this kid for a long time. And God's told him, we're going to make a nation out of you. This son that you're going to have is going to have many. And now God tells him, you're going to sacrifice this child. I can't even imagine what Abraham was thinking, but he obeyed. And just as he's ready to sacrifice him, God intervenes and tells him, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham says, I'm here. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. You see, this is foreshadowing. God did not withhold his one and only son, but he offered him as a substitutionary atonement for us. We belonged on that tree, but God provided Jesus as the substitutionary atonement. And he gives us the story of Abraham as an example, as a foreshadowing of what Jesus is going to be and do. So he provides the ram in place of the son. But God doesn't withhold his son. He had, he had to give him up because he loved us so. This is something, the next, the next point is very, very important to understand. Is there are people who, who read John 3.16 and they just think everybody is going to heaven. But that's not what's said here. Whoever believes in him, no, so let's start from 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So we're born in sin, and if and when we, uh, if and until we are willing to believe on Jesus, we're in sin. We're condemned already. Jesus didn't have to come. Jesus didn't have to come in order for us to be condemned. We already are. His coming kind of highlights that we're already con- that we're condemned, but it doesn't cause us to be condemned. We're already condemned. And then he he uses, he basically describes Jesus as light. What does light do? 
It exposes everything. You know those makeup lights? That like emphasizes your pores and scares you? Okay. That's basically what Jesus is, is light. And if you're condemned and the, the light of Jesus is shining on you, your, your, your pores are exposed, your sin is exposed, and you don't like it. You want to cover it up. And so if you don't believe, that's you. You, want, you would rather condemn people who are of the light because you want to pretend it doesn't even exist because it's exposing you for what you are. On the flip side, those who believe bask in the light. The light reflects off of them. In other words, they glorify God. The way that I always learn what, what glory is. Did you ever go to a lake, real nice, crisp, clean, clear day on a lake, and you see the reflection, you kind of look down, and you can see your own reflection. You're glorified off of that lake. And so when, for those of us that believe, we basically reflect Jesus. And I kind of screwed up a little bit in that I had created three points. The first one I mentioned, which was, uh, um, where to go? Wow, I'm, ah, here we go. Misunderstood love. And then God's love. And then the effects of love. The last, the last bit that I said were the effects of love. The, the light of Jesus. So you guys remember how I griped about that gift that I received that wasn't quite big enough? See, for, for Nicodemus, it was just the opposite way. I don't think he was expecting the love of God to be so great, so profound, and so wide. So this is the important question. Have you ever trusted in Jesus? Have you ever believed on him for your salvation? He loves you. So if you, if you believe that, just praise God that you believe that. Just ask that you would just come and talk to one of us so we can kind of help you, maybe give you a Bible if you don't have one and just be able to help you grow in, in your relationship with God because that's what God wants. He wants fellowship with you. He loves you and he died for you so you would have fellowship with him. That's the whole reason why this whole season's here, by the way. It's because of his love. Uh, have you heard what I've said and it kind of irritated you? It's Okay. Come talk to me. I got a thick skin. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, don't have a fancy conclusion, but let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you for your son. I thank you that you think so highly of us.
that you would give, give up your one and only, Lord, your unique son. And so we just thank you. Lord, I pray that anybody who has trusted in you today, Lord, that they would just speak to one of us, Lord, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.